Hi everybody, this is John. Um, I'm just letting you know that on this episode we had a little bit of technical difficulties in our recording. You're going to hear some spottiness in some of the parts of the episode. We apologize for that. We couldn't actually hear if there was problems on the recorded track itself until after the recording was done. As it turned out, there were. Um, there's no way to fix it, so... We uh, are just presenting what we have, and hopefully you can bear through it for this episode. We apologize, and uh, thanks for listening. Attention devoted geeks. Away team. Designation. Primitive Rhythm Machine has had an error in their planned communication. Now receiving new signal from team. Welcome to episode 85 of Cone Talk. Come here, Johnny. everybody welcome to another episode of uh i almost said playing games with strangers i am on the wrong <laughs> podcast try that uh, this is no strangers uh, and aliens no, no this prim- is super strange no this is what is this? primitive rhythm machine episode 2.5 uh so initially we were trying to have a interview with dale thompson from bride on episode two we uh the the interview was done but for through technical difficulties uh we aren't able to have that episode this week and so that's fine uh but we still need to have an episode so we're gonna put out this episode we'll force one out for you guys <laughs> we to, to be fair we have already recorded <laughs> the entire original second episode but I'll, that'll come out later on down the line and it'll sound like another second episode but It'll, it'll be, be like a secret second episode or something. Yeah, it'll be the second second episode. Yes. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Maybe we'll save it for our 50th episode. Maybe. Who knows? Uh, so we'll be talking about our homework that we set each other for that we set for each other on that one, and we'll be assigning us our, ourselves different homework on that one. Um, but neither of that is none of that is going to be covered on this particular episode. Confused yet? Good. Uh, how are you doing, Steve? It's pretty good. Pretty good. I, I, had, I had. Go ahead. The last night's um, session of uh, Super Strangers was really good. I really had a, a really good time. Yeah, that was good. You got you went and got creepy with it, which is where my brain lives. So <laughs> it actually got a little creepier than I thought it was going to get. So I was really interested in. in <laughs> Where is uh, this going? Yeah, sometimes I'm like, Ooh, where are you guys? <laughs> where are you guys taking me?" <laughs> uh, welcome to the world of running a game. Yeah. Uh, but we're not here to talk about uh, role-playing games. Uh, here to talk about music. I had an epiphany while I was waiting for my slow computer to boot up. Yeah. Um, 
it started it started with uh me just thinking about the podcast and i started thinking about the song that we named this podcast after by mortification and then i started thinking about the album that it's on uh which is the same of the same title primitive rhythm machine it's eponymous hip hop anonymous yes it's a a hippopotamus um for christmas uh that was a big old rabbit trail (laughs) but getting back to what we were talking about and then i remembered i used to have a big old chart that uh poster that the diamante uh music group Oh, the Diamante Magic Group. I remember this. They uh, put out a chart back in the '90s that was like, that was kind of a what what Christians would call a R I Y L chart, mm-hmm. which stands for for those of you who aren't initiated in that culture, uh, recommended if you like. Yes. Um, so, for instance, if for you inst- li- if you like Iron Maiden, Baron Cross. Okay. See, so it would be like, oh, you like Iron Maiden. My little pagan friend or child. Here, here's an album by a Christian band that sounds vaguely similar to them. I hope you enjoy it. <laughs> so anyway, um, it it brought me to uh, it, it 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 brought me to uh, the thought that whenever I would see one of those R I Y L charts, it always tell me if you like mortification. You might, or no, if you like <laughs> Sepultura, they always put Sepultura in relation to mortification, basically is All what right. it comes down to. Okay. And I started thinking about pr- Primitive Rhythm Machine, I'm like, holy cow, that album came out around the same time as Sepultura's Roots album, except Mortification did what Sepultura was trying to do on their Roots album better. <laughs> nice. If that makes sense. Because yeah. on 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 those albums, they all they kind of try to break it down and get a little bit more of a tribal rhythmic feel, mm-hmm. and uh, Mortification just kind of did it better. Sepultura just kind of cranked out something where they were like, "Hey, let's try to cash in on this whole new metal craze too, and use seven string guitars and down tune and the." Nothing wrong with that, but you know. well. Yeah, here's the thing. I'm not super into the idea of bands tr- chasing trends. You know? All right. Um, I was thinking about it yesterday, and uh, the keystone for any band, I think, is the second album. The second album is pretty much mm-hmm. what's gonna is what's gonna set your course and what sets the the rules for the band and yeah, the ex- and, think, and the expectations for the fans. I think it's the first. From uh, I mean, this was. In the olden days, your first album was the songs you played live. And then the second album was the songs you wrote while touring on the first album. Right. But more into what I what the point I'm trying to make with the second this second album concept is say for instance, we'll we'll look at we'll look at Metallica's first two albums, right. Kill 'em All and then Ride the Lightning. Right. They they were so, they were songs of similar style, and they had a similar feel through it. And granted, they sound they don't sound exactly the same. Uh, I think I think Ride the Lightning had better production, and it was yes. a more more the song structure was more technical. Uh-huh. But it kind of set. Okay, this is this is our it set their projection basically. Right. 
Yeah. Um, so that set the expectations for the band, uh, for the fans that to have for the band, as far as this is what this band is going to put out, which is the reason why they had such a backlash starting with the black album. Cause they changed the, they changed it up so much with the black album. Mm-hmm. And then even more so with load and reload. Now, with Stone Temple Pilots, I think they did, had a better thought process when it came to their second album because they made a very good first album with Core. Mm-hmm. Um, and they put out this very kind of grinding, dark, dreary, alt, you know, almost grunge, hard rock album. And then with their second album, when they made Purple, they it wasn't nearly as dark and dreary it got a little bit more quirky and that and they they were like okay now we're gonna kind of spread ourselves out a little bit and incorporate more ideas and sounds into it so it kind of set their trajectory as an expectation as okay this band isn't going to sound the same all the time and so this is the band you want to listen to if you want experimentation and it it, you know still maintains the hard rock stuff but they're going to float around a little bit oh yeah and and that's what i mean by the second album sets sets the idea as far as what bands what fans will expect so bringing that back to the conversation about uh mortification and sepultura uh, being as mortification up to that point was was pretty much banking in the extreme heavy metal realm. They wanted to experiment with uh, tribal beats and rhythms. That's cool, and they did it in such a way where they it didn't deviate from what the pan, the fans would expect. They incorporated it into their core sound, whereas Sepultura were was an incredible thrash brand and and actually made my favorite thrash metal album of all time with arise Uh um but you know after they did arise they started trying to play with whatever was popular at the time and it's and i think that's the reason why it bit them so hard when they started doing that and uh especially with roots which was their their last album with max cavalera as their vocalist um because they kind of it really felt like they were chasing dollar signs rather than being (laughs) honest to their craft yeah i mean it's 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 really interesting when you can look at stuff like that i think nowadays um, the way that the music system is set up, if you have a band that um, I don't even I don't even really know like big name bands. I don't I really follow them as much as I did back in you know back in the day. It's because um, there aren't any modern big name bands anymore. <laughs> well, I mean, what's what's like a, a a hard rock heavy metal band that has come out very recently? that we could you know i i mean i'm i'm i don't i don't listen to them enough to have one like to I pull out of out of I, my head i couldn't <laughs> i couldn't i couldn't help you with that i i don't follow the current trends on modern right. hard rock just because a lot of it starts to get very samey to me and it all kind of bleeds together right um, I think the big one right now that everybody is all googly about and suddenly I can't even, I can't remember their name. I know who I'm trying to say. Oh, this is going to drive me nuts now. Thanks so much for that, Steve. 
You're welcome. <laughs> um, I don't know. Um, Volbeat. That's who I was trying to think of. How do you spell it? B-O-L-B-E-A-T. But they've been around like for about 20 years. Volbeat? Yeah. They started in 2001. Oh. Well, um, that goes to show how much I pay attention. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm trying to think of a way that I, you can search for popular bands that came out recently. Um I don't know, um, but I mean, I can. I, I uh, knowing the music industry, I you know, it's it's a different animal. Back in the day, back when I grew up, you know, you had to had to make your your way. You had to make your your path, and you did that by playing out. You played the hits. You you know then you snuck your songs in there and then you you could be able to to put your album together and and it was because you played those songs over and over that you could get in and get out of the studio and make an album for i don't know twenty thousand dollars or something and and finally make a name for yourself out there and then of course the label had to be behind you to get to get radio airplay and if you were too heavy then good luck because you know you're not going to hear very many uh, uh, Black Sabbath songs on the radio unless you have that crossover appeal. You know when you had uh, Paranoid and stuff like that. Um, then all of a sudden it's like okay, well now we now that we did a, a couple of songs like that, now we can put lighter songs into our into our albums and put things like uh super knot and things like that that had like a crossover a feel to it and and then you heard those bands on the radio coming forward and they got more uh more of a push behind them by the the the, the labels the uh the studios and there are bands that you never heard on the radio but who sold a million records just because they didn't make the music that was that people, you know, quote unquote, wanted to hear on the radio. Um, it wasn't, you know, safe. It wasn't tame. Some of it might've been, uh, you know, stuff that no one should hear on the radio, but it was, it was this underground um, level to music that you just, you just needed to to have that in the system because those were the bands that that would go out there and like a maniac play music and just play gigs and play everything and and they didn't care they didn't care very much about i mean they there there was a, a caring process i'm not saying that they didn't care about anything but their concern wasn't we need to be on the radio their concern was we need to get our message out mm -hmm. and that, and that's what they focused on. And so you have that level of commitment to the music. And, you know, so a lot of these bands you never hear of, you've never heard of before. Um, and that goes very much to Christian music. You know, how many times uh, have you heard Sepultura on the radio? This well, is true. You know, they have had some songs on the radio, but how many times have you ever heard Mortification? Never. You know, you just, it's not there. Mortification 
will still do what they do. But Actually, they won't. They don't. They're not a thing anymore. You never know. They could be. They could be. <laughs> Steve's gonna. Steve is the king of wishful thinking on that hey, one. Hey, they've they've gone away before, haven't Have they? they? Yeah. The only time that they stopped doing anything was when Steve had a lymphoblastoma. Yeah. And everyone thought that that was it. And then they well, came back. That's because he was going to die. <laughs> I mean, it came down with, you have six hours left to live type situation. <laughs> six hours. Steve Rowe would be like, I could do two albums, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Just set me up, prop me up in the corner of the studio. Let me get this going. <laughs> um, but, you know, that's one of the reasons why some of like punk music, the early punk, you know, first and second wave punk, you wouldn't hear them on the radio, but that's not their point. Christian music, you wouldn't hear them on the radio, but that's not their point. Right. And, and uh, a lot of early hip hop, you know, the only reason you would hear them on the radio at all is because you had people championing that music, that style and, 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 you know, making shows that say, hey, this is the new urban sound. This is the new thing. It's hip. It's hop. It's it's happening. This is the thing that we want you to 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 embrace. And they forced it on you. I mean, and, and not in a way that it's it's like, you know, you hold a gun to your head. But, <laughs> you know, they said we have the opportunity to champion this sound we have the opportunity to stand up and popularize this thing and to their credit they did it's taken over the world i mean it's the number one uh style of music nowadays so when you have that built into the system and then coming forward to modern times where the entire thing is completely different where you have, what's it called, you know, bedroom rock or whatever it is, where someone can, you know, sit on their bed with their computer and make an album and then put it out there. And then someone is, is going to, to pick it up. And I mean, uh, Justin Bieber, wasn't he discovered? And just, you know, okay, well, hey, this person, and hey, we'll give him enough money to make an album, and all of a sudden he's, you know, he's a huge recording artist, uh, for better or for worse. Um, you know, you might like his style, you might not, but yeah. he sells millions of records. So, it's a different industry nowadays. You can have people make an album and never tour. You know, you can have a, a claustrophobic people make an album and you'll never see them play live. You know, you might never see them on MTV or whatever is the, the thing nowadays. You know, but it doesn't matter because that's how the industry works now. And, you know, any, and it, to its credit, anyone can make an album. That's great. <laughs> but you also get the, the bad side to that, the glut of music that's out there that it's hard to comb through. It's hard. It's to, hard to find the good stuff because uh, yeah. there's no, there is a definite oversaturation. Yep. And, and uh, go ahead. It, I mean, it, it's you get that way in almost any type of music. You know, when I uh, make my Spotify lists 
you know, one thing that I'll do is I'll start to pull, like, for instance, uh, I have Spotify lists of Christian music all through the 80s. So in 1981, I have 143 songs. And it has all the albums that I could find that came out in 1981 that, you know, I, I thought that I might have a chance of, of wanting to listen to. So I put all of those albums into one file, you know. So if I really wanted to, I could sit there for eight and a half hours and listen to every single song that came out in 1981 that has to do with Christian music. And there's probably more albums I haven't found yet. Spotify doesn't have everything. Um, so what I want to do is to comb through this and say, if it were 1981, what would be the songs that I would think to myself, I want to hear this over and over on the radio. I want to hear this a couple of times a day if I'm listening to the radio for, you know, eight hours at, at my work or something. And, you know, I, I can comb through some pretty easily, you know, intros to songs go away pretty quickly. But, you know, then it comes to, to instrumentals. I think to myself, you know, back when I was listening to the radio, how many times did you have something that was strictly an instrumental? on the radio not often you know what about live stuff you know all of a sudden it comes to the type of thing where like the live album for you know, the resurrection band when they performed these songs on their live album which was a couple of years afterwards they were recording in this year so i think to myself if i want to listen to uh you know alienated and I want to hear the live version instead of the the studio version. Well, now I need to find the live version that was recorded in 1981 if I want to hear it in my 1981 list. So, you know, combing through these lists and doing stuff like that, like the minuscule switching back and forth. And is it better than the than the the studio version? You know, when I when I was listening to stuff on the radio back in the 80s it had to be a better version than the studio version if i if it was going to be on the radio and you hear it live you know you almost never heard a you know the the live version of of uh, stairway to heaven because everyone wanted to hear the studio version where you know they're used to the jimmy Hen the jimmy Hendrix, the <laughs> jimmy page mistakes that he made on the original the studio version so you sort of forgive it because you've heard it 5,000 times when you hear the live version and you hear Jimmy page, make a little mistake here or there or whatever, or it's tuned slightly different or whatever, you know, it, all of a sudden you have that criticism and it's yeah. like, Oh, well, what's he, how sloppy or whatever you weren't criticizing the studio version, but you know, so when I, when I look at music and I'm trying to comb through it and trying to pare it down to like this core sound that I really want to listen to over and over, um, you know, that's the difficult thing. And and doing it nowadays, it's it's 10 times more difficult because you have so much out there. Some of it's really great and you'll never hear it because it's not popularized. And a lot of it is garbage and you'll hear it over and over because it's popularized. Mm -hmm. It's just who has the money behind it, really. A little bit. And every once in a while you have something, you know, bleed through, which is wonderful. But uh, it's Do hard you know who do you know who has proven that the, the fact that they are better live than they are in a studio? I mean, pro proven it financially, 
by album popularity, everything. Just all the numbers prove that he is a better live act than he is in the studio. Um, Bruce Springsteen? Peter Frampton. Peter Frampton, there you go. Yeah, there are some some uh, artists and, and bands that they... I, 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 a lot of punk bands are like this too. You you watch them live and you feel the energy and you see the action and all that stuff happening. Like Iron Maiden was like this. I mean, they're all over the stage back in the, you know, in the eighties when they were younger. Oh, they still are now in their sixties. They they run bit. all, they've taken them. They, they've taken very good care of themselves. Mm-hmm. But to watch them do that and play their instruments I mean, nowadays, uh, when I watch, uh, just a caveat, I haven't watched a ton of live Iron Maiden, you know, <laughs> recently. But usually when I do, I'm a little dis- disappointed because um, musically, they're sort of relying on people knowing the songs uh, and maybe singing along at home or, or, you know, playing it in their head. And they're not really as as dedicated in reproducing the sounds live as I guess they used to be when I, I saw them live once yeah. and uh, it was, it was phenomenal. It was because they were, it was just all over the, the stage show was there, all that stuff. Um, so when you have that listening to the album, the studio album, it's sort of like, this is like a radio edit of a song. You know, it's it's cut down. It's the size it needs to be to fit. Mm-hmm. And you know, to tell the truth, if if you had Iron Maiden just play, what it's going to be four or five al, you know, records, or you know, it's going to be a hundred minutes or hundred twenty minutes long. If you wanted to have them play what they want to play on this song and have it to be full as much as they really wanted to. They know how to craft the song and hone it down to four, five, six, seven, you know, sometimes 18 minutes and, and have that be the product. But when they play live, you want to see the extended solos. You want to see the drum solo. You want to see, you know, all the extra stuff. So yeah, you do have that. That's, and um, yeah, I think there's a lot of bands that are like that. Hmm. Well, you had a, you had a thought for a conversation that that you passed over to me, um, recently, not on the podcast. We, Steve and I talk to each other when we're not podcasting together. Once in uh, a while. Eh, well, you know, uh, when I, when I let you. Okay. <laughs> Steve's a man in demand, everybody. You gotta, you gotta yeah. take a ticket to have his attention. <laughs> um, but, uh, no, uh, as far as what, bands what current bands uh do a good job of presenting the gospel i think that's how you phrased it yes yeah i think we could make an entire show out of that um but it's it's one of those things where i think most people most bands or christian artists when they think of the gospel and this is sort of indicative with christianity right now um when people think when people talk about the gospel they talk about the word gospel and if you ask them and it's so sad because i've heard people say you know well maybe maybe it just needs to be sort of like 
you know, such a loosely defined term that we don't really need to, to, you know, pin it down because, and I'm like, this is the saving gospel of Jesus Christ. And if you can't encapsulate it, you know, in a minute, <laughs> then there's a problem here. How are like, if someone was dying and they said, I have three minutes to live. I know you're a Christian. How can I get to heaven? You know, what are you going to say? You know, okay, Steve Rowe, uh, you, instead of making your three albums, um, what what information do you need to give to that person? And how could you do it in a song? Yeah. So uh, most bands that I've heard, when they try to do this, um, they would rely on uh, euphemisms or uh, things like... Um, f- um, Family Force 5 has a song called Zombie. And it's talking about this person who has a new uh, quote-unquote appetite. You know, he has a new appetite. Um, and all the the stuff you could take is if you didn't know any better, he's talking about a, becoming a zombie. Mm-hmm. But what he's really talking about is his old life is gone. And he has this new life that is, is you know, as different than the old life as, as it is, you know, that was a bad metaphor that I just said there. But <laughs> it's different because something has changed him. Something has radically altered him and he's a different being. And seeing that type of thing, and uh, Audio Adrenaline did a song about uh, some, some kind of zombie. Kind of zombie. Yeah, and so it's 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 that type of thing where most bands, I think they try to rely on clever turns of phrase, you know, God loves convertibles, or killing my old man, or, you know, things like that, where it's clever, and it's creative, but when do you ever get down to the point where someone talks about uh, repentance in a song, mm-hmm. where they can make it very clear that repentance means, you know, realizing that you're a sinner, uh, uh, apologizing for your sin, uh, you know, turning away from your sin, uh, moving away from your sin, keeping moving until, you know, the perseverance of the saints, keep moving until the end of your life. And all of that is the big push of repentance. When I was a kid growing up, I used the word repent over and over again. I mm-hmm. heard it in sermons. If you asked me to define it, I couldn't do it until I actually realized what it meant. And I said to myself, I don't think I actually have repented. <laughs> I didn't know if I had or not. So I didn't know if I was a Christian for you know my entire life and God was just sort of giving me a pass until I, I got that understanding or I mean, you know, playing what if games is ridiculous in Christianity, but you know, if I had died before then, if I didn't understand this core element of salvation, and if other people die without this understanding of this core element of salvation, do they do they go to heaven? You know, is it God? Is God going to say, you know, you you got most of it? <laughs> and I don't think so. So when I talk to people. You know, that's sort of like the thing that I hone in on because, 
you know, repent, trusting Jesus is sort of an easy thing to, to understand. You know, you rely on someone, you trust them, you, you trust falls, you just fall back and someone's going to catch you. You know they're going to catch you. Um, you know, having him as your savior, the only person who can actually save you. People understand that. You're drowning, someone saves you. Oh, thank you very much. What can I do for, you know, I, whatever you want for the rest of your life, I'll, you know, because you saved my life. And then having him as the Lord of your life, that's sort of easy. You know, what's a, what's a Lord? It's a king. What, what if the king says to do something? Well, you hop and do it, you know. So understanding that kingship, uh, the lordship, understanding uh, trust is the easy stuff, I guess, for me. And so when I talk to someone about Christianity, I want to talk to them more about repentance than anything else. Mm. Because I didn't understand it. And I grew up in a Christian household. We grew up going to church two, sometimes three times a day. A day? A day uh, on Sunday. <laughs> oh, I was just, I'm like, wow, man. That's intensity. I mean, I, it's like I've done, I've done, I've, I've done about four services a week in, at certain <laughs> churches, but never three a day every day. That's no two or three on Sundays, and and it was because you know my parents thought it was that important. You know, so all of that, and I still didn't get the full understanding of repentance until, you know, it was explained to me, you know, over the radio by someone who wasn't even talking to me. They were just understanding salvation and Christianity in a different way than I had my entire life. So finding songs that relate to that element or you know, put it into into a more full understanding of it. Um, are hard. I think are hard to come by. Mm. A lot. A lot of them tell the story of the gospel, and that's wonderful too. You know. To but I think a lot of times people have heard, you know, the story of Jesus so often that when it comes to you know, okay, Jesus died for your sins. He was buried and he rose, and you know, he ascended into heaven, and Okay, that was 2,000 years ago. So I get to go to heaven because of that? Well, yes. If you have that repentance and faith in him as Savior and Lord. And getting to that point musically is something that I've had trouble finding, um, you know, songs that speak exactly to that. Um. As a Christian musician myself, I can, I can speak to that a little. I can't, I obviously can't speak of the motives of other people, right? but I can, I can tell you of my own struggles in being able to write something to that effect in that, um, it, it, it gets, it gets a little bit hairy because there are certain moments where you have to determine exactly are you are are you are you a band with a message or are you a message with a band it kind of kind of how it comes down to it because um the two guys that are in lpg um big journey big and uh i can never remember the other guy's name off the top of my head uh journey and uh oh wow Right. I haven't, I haven't heard him in a while. Um, it's been a minute. Well, it's because the guy we're trying to remember retired. He he uh, he just gave up. He he stopped doing hip hop. Wow. Um, 
I can da Dax. Dax journey, journey big. Yeah. And, uh, but you know, that, that was their big thing is just like, uh, they're, they're basically, you know, there's people out there who are basically taking a sermon and just trying to put music to it and they don't try to hone their skill at all. And so, but in the same sense, they're turning people away from their message because their method isn't becomes inadequate because nobody wants to listen to crappy music that has a really powerful message. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, and, and so it, it's a matter of trying to make it fit. Um, I, I can tell you it also in certain instances, it comes down to who you're in a band with as well and how, how deep down that rabbit hole they want to go. Um, mm-hmm. I've been in bands where we do altar calls at the end of our service, at the, at the end of our shows. And yep. I've been in other bands where the concept of the band is we're not so much out there to make converts, but we're out there to, uh, kind of plant seeds and we're Christian. We're not a Christian band, but we're Christians write songs from a Christian perspective. Uh, but uh, what what I was saying though is I've been I've been in other bands though that were, uh, um, you know, where it's we we've kind of we kind of determined we're not so much a Christian band but we're Christians in a band, mm-hmm. and we just write songs from from a Christian perspective. And a lot of times it was about God. <laughs> a lot of times we talked about God more often than a lot of Christian bands do, but that's <laughs> a, dig- that's a digression. Um, but you know, we, our mission, our mission field wasn't so much the people who bought our music, but the bands we were playing with. Yeah. Um, so, and th- that was another perspective to have on it. So I think in a lot of cases, it, it, it it kind of comes down to the, it comes down to the band and the situation that they're in and where they perceive their mission field as being, uh, or even specific, more specifically what their, what their intention is to un- accomplish with the band. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, bands that really do it well would be bands like Petra, you know, yeah. Pe- Petra's always been good at They're They're like the model, ministry band if you want to if you want to think of it like that where yeah. they're they're literally out there to make concerts. uh carmen was another guy who, who was super out there to make concerts as well right um but there are other bands that have very solid lyrics that i think that you would enjoy um uh i lately a band that i've discovered that are have been super creative with how they present it um is a band is a punk band from Indiana called uh, Gravedigger, not Gravedigger, mm-hmm. a uh, Grave Robber. Grave Robber. Uh, I I recently bought their entire discography. Um, and for those of you out there, <laughs> for those of you out there who are curious as to who like punk rock music, here's a great R I Y L for you <laughs> to do that callback. <laughs> uh, if you like the Misfits, this band is. Uh, they do the horror punk genre to a T. They're super clever how they use horror concepts to present the gospel in a very, it's not something you have to search too hard. It's very straight. Uh, and they, they use like horror film titles with some of their songs. Like, like you remember the uh, movie The Animator? Mm-hmm. Yep, they have a song called Reanimator. That song's all about Jesus. 
because he's looking at him. <laughs> yeah, one of the uh, bands that I dig that have that that twist to their lyrics and can really you know get to a, a really interesting understanding of Christian concepts by going and looking at something other completely different thing and then drawing the parallels is tourniquet mm-hmm. where they have, uh, for instance, um, um, uh, <laughs> the name of the song that I'm not remembering. Um, ocular pathogenic, ocular, dissonance. pathogenic, ocular dissonance where it, it's color blindness, you know? So, what happens when someone is, is colorblind? They they're not seeing the colors the same way that other people are seeing them, and you know you can make parallels from that. And a lot of their songs had uh, their early songs anyway had medical parallels or science parallels to um, to things in Christianity, and uh, it was it was just a very interesting way for for me lyrically to link into a band because instead of just hearing songs about, you know, uh, you, you know, I was a sinner and now I'm a Christian, you know, things like that where those have their place, but now you're seeing, you know, gelatinous tubercles of uh, purulent ossification where he's talking about, uh, you know, people who have to get tracheotomies and things like that. And and mm. what happens when your voice is taken away and, and all these different things where, you know, the amazing little parallels to Christian concepts and some of them really deep that you really have to listen to the song a couple of times and say, okay, I, I get this deeper understanding of Christianity through this band, which, you know, I, it it's really cool when that happens to me anyway yeah well <laughs> if if you're if you are super and this this might be you know being as we're kind of doing a reset on episode 2 this might be your homework for this episode then um but if you really want to if you really want a band that is a triple cheeseburger of just heavy thought and something to chew on for a long while after you're done listening to it uh, my epic mm-hmm. and I, I, have, I know I, I know I, I just recommended them to you last night yeah I haven't had a chance to listen to any of it because I've been going 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 all day uh, busy, <laughs> busyness Ugh, family life and right. uh, no my family's wonderful <laughs> I'm just I'm being facetious I I don't have kids I me, me and my wife are what you would call a sink single income no kids got it um, but, uh, they are super, like, they are super meaty with the concepts that they deal with and musically, musically, they are super textured and just, you know, they're, they're kind of the culmination of the, of the entire topics of this concept of, of this episode. Uh, musically, they like to explore a lot, but they stay within the same deal on every uh-huh. album, but they change the scene so they're super broad in that sense and lyrically it's like if c.s lewis wrote lyrics <laughs> just, just how deep you can dive it's just like every time like especially their behold album that album man, i can listen to that album and walk away with something new every time i listen to it. 
Yes. Cool. Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to digging into digging into this because it's it's one of those newer Christian bands that I haven't had a chance to dig into yet because you know, it's there's just so many out there. And it's wonderful when you have someone else who can present something like that to you. You know, I I heard about Grave Robber and I told john about it he's digging it he heard about my epic and you know hopefully i'm going to be digging it so you're going to dig it It, it's it's going to be a little bit different but you're gonna i like different that's the reason why i was like it's a little bit different but you're gonna dig it it's it's very sonically it's very thick um lyric conceptually it's very thick it's just it's like an audio steakhouse for real (laughs) <laughs> well that's cool i like steakhouses um and let's see yeah yep that's gonna that's gonna be that's gonna be my homework for you uh, for this episode is uh listen to my epics behold album and get back to me and also if they wanted to they could listen to a little grave robber a little tourniquet well yeah i mean if if they wanted to if the audience wanted to i'm saying this is my this is my homework for you steve oh me oh i get homework great i mean great i get homework (laughs) um in the pre and in the in the original episode too steve actually did assign me homework and i've already done it already he assigned me colors by the resurrection band and I can talk on that for a quick second here. All right. Um, I didn't take, I didn't take note specific. Um, I didn't take song specific notes rather. Um, like I okay. did for the deliverance uh, homework, which you'll hear when we eventually release the original episode two that was made. Uh, but what I, what I can say is that, uh, it reminded me a lot of heart. Mm-hmm. Um, at first I was like, yeah, it's got this cool 1970s hard rock heart feel to it. But as I was listening to it, it kind of got a little bit trebly with me. Uh, meaning it, after a while, it kind of felt a little bit shrieky, if that makes sense. I mean, I dug the guitar work. Glenn Kaiser has always been one of my favorite Christian guitarists. Okay. Uh, but vocally speaking, it just kind of, it, it started get feeling a little bit shrieky to me. Like they were kind of shrieking into the microphone a little bit. And I, it might've been the settings on the uh, speakers that I was listening through. Could be. I mean, uh, some of the songs, you know, they're, they're sort of based on the shriekiness of it a little bit. Yeah. 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 Uh, but it, it, it's one of those things for the, it's kind of the same reason why I can, why I can only listen to so much Janis Joplin. Um, just after a while, I got to back off the voice, even if I dig the music, uh, but it's not, it's not bad by any stretch, uh, to the listening audience out there. If I was to rate it on a scale of one to 10, I would give it a seven, a 7.5. And is there any standout songs? Uh, the first track, I can't remember the name of it, but that, that first one. Autograph. Yes. Yeah. That track had a had was the standout track for me um that that was the one that kind of caught my attention i'm like yeah i can move to this and that that had the strongest heart feel to it to me. Mm-hmm. what's interesting because uh, in this time um you had like the first 
the first wave of punk was, you know, largely there was a lot of, uh, uh, you know, rude boy stuff and, and, um, you know, it, it went into like the ska music because it had a lot of the reggae feel to it and stuff like that. So you had that sort of started to take a back seat to the more like American style punk where it's, uh, the Ramones and, um, you know, bands like that where you get the, uh, Washington DC feel or the, the, uh, the West coast feel to it and much more rock and rolly influenced. And that, you know, that pulled through to, you know, the, the, uh, the other stuff that, that came out in the eighties, um, that was much more like if you, if you were listening to punk in the eighties, it was much more, it just sounded like really heavy, raw, maybe even, you know, heavy metal type stuff, uh, that type of thing. And res at the time, um, you know, on their albums around this time, they would put on these songs like, uh, amazing and, um, uh, elevator music, and uh, a couple of other songs that they did and they had like this punk feel to them and i um you know when, i never saw them live but i would imagine live you know when you got the the kids in there that like the hard rock and all of a sudden they heard this stuff and i i can only imagine live they played these things faster than than is on the album because you know they played it over and over again they just toured like maniacs so it it would be interesting to to see someone to hear about someone at the time who was able to be there and listen to it, who was digging the whole punk scene and, and to get that reaction to, you know, songs like, uh, you know, NYC and, 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 uh, amazing on this album and some of the other stuff that, that res did at the time that really had that, that hard, fast, um, feel to it that, you know, even nowadays, when I think about Christian punk, it goes back to to Res. I mean, there's a couple of bands before then that uh, that do some like actual what you would call punk albums, um, you know, of that style of that era. It's you know, it's not Green Day <laughs> or yeah. anything even close to that. But um, but you know, I mean, as as much as uh, Res nailed it on the you know the heavy blues rock. Uh, you know, they were not, uh, they were not shy about getting real heavy and, you know, even gritty on some of the, the songs that they did, um, back at the time. And this is just one of those classic albums where, you know, if, if you, if you put this on next to almost anything in the, in the late seventies, like you said, heart you know, that, that type of, uh, heavy rock band, um, especially with Wendy, her voice on this mm -hmm. is, is just beautiful. Um, just that, that feel is. Yeah. She definitely had an Ann Wilson vibe going for her. Um, probably just because there's no other real comparison, <laughs> mm. you know, I mean, who else of the time you know, was a, a hard rock female singer, you know, Pat Benatar was still a few years out and she wasn't really hard rock. I mean, some of her stuff was heavier than other things, but you know, you really didn't have anyone that was sort of like the, you know, the female Robert plant, um, that type of a feel to their, their thing. Uh, having a, 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 a woman 
singer in hard music at the time uh, was an interesting choice as well. I think there were a couple other bands that uh, that touched on that, Rosanna's Raiders and, and bands like that. But um, but you know she was right out there as much as as Glenn was. Uh, Glenn, I think a little bit more musically was the the brains behind the whole thing there. But uh, you know she. she she didn't shy away from from uh, being center stage. At. You know, while while you were just talking there, I just kind of I just kind of had a a random thought that seemed to be a little bit fitting. But then, would it be would it be cogent then to kind of make a statement that uh, Staple is kind of the new res band at this point in music and Christian music then? With uh, um, John, what's his face, and his wife being the main main people in in that. Good old John, what's his face? I can't remember uh, his last name. I don't think I've heard much staple. No, consider yourself no. lucky. I don't particularly enjoy their music. However, if I mean, there's they, anybody out there who does, good on you. I'm not going to tell you not to listen to a Christian band that has a Christian message by any stretch. I mean, they <laughs> haven't they haven't put out an album since 2005, right? I have no idea. That's um, the latest one in um, in Spotify, anyway. I stopped listening to them on the after the album that they did with the dressing dummy and the and the wings on the cover. I can't remember the name of that one. All right. It was a good album, but after that, everything I heard from them, it just really wasn't my bag. No. I like the Staples Singers. Does that make any difference? <laughs> yeah, that's a big difference. Uh, what what about your what about your homework from the missing episode steve did you listen to that jag album i haven't had a chance to yet no incomplete assignment gonna have to give you a zero steve i didn't i thought we were it was gonna (laughs) there was my incomplete can i make it's cool it's cool. You'll you'll ha- you'll have more time to listen to my epic, and I know that you have that on hand because I heard you uh, put them on t- into your uh, Spotify. Yeah. Last night. John Junk file Jeez. that I have. It's good. Uh, I am. I actually, I'm currently listening to them while I'm talking to you. That specific album, even. Wow. Mm-hmm. I'm that entertaining that you have to have music behind it. Oh, I'm usually listening to music while I'm po- while I'm doing podcasting. Wow. Music, music is what ma- what makes my brain work. It's the same reason why I listen to audiobooks when I'm working. Mm-hmm. I, ha- yeah. I have to have I have to have something there to fill the uh, space. Yeah, there have been times where I took an audiobook and I put it into GarageBand, and then I would take music tracks and put it underneath the you know the the sound so I can modify the the sound level and everything, mm-hmm. and then I'll just listen to it in GarageBand with the music behind it and it's it's really kind of a a fun way to listen to audiobooks that way yeah, you're just giving it its own soundtrack yeah yeah so well, let's uh you know that, that that's the thing we need we need we need to have a way for ha- to have people contact us uh for the time being though for you out in listeners land uh if you are a part of the uh if you're a part of the Geek Devotions group on Facebook, or the Devoted Geeks group, rather. I'm not sure if it's Geek Devotions or Devoted Geeks. Let me check here. It is the Devoted Geek Life group. If you are part of that group, and you have a secular band that you're wondering if there's if we have an RIYL for, 
Again, that's a recommended if you like. Uh, but if you have a secular band that you have an RIYL for, uh, shoot us a message on there or message us directly. Probably, Steve will probably be more accessible that way than I am because mine go off into a secret folder. That I or you can, yeah, or you can email me at Steve and Krista at me.com. That's S T E V E A N D C H R I S T A at M E dot C O M. Or use the uh, regular Geek Devotions email, which I don't know off the top of my head, but you probably do because you are a big fan of Geek Devotions. <laughs> at, at any rate, make a contact with us. We will talk about it on the show. We will give you that recommendation on the air, and you will hear your name. Would that be cool? Yeah. <laughs> and send uh, us a sound file. We might actually uh, play that. Um, and you know what? If... Uh, Oh, dang it, Steve. You said something. I just completely derailed that train of thought. Getting You're welcome. Sucks. You're welcome. <laughs> Good at that. Squirrels. Yep, pretty much. Actually, oh, I don't remember what I was going to say. I will probably actually give you more than one recommendation because that's how Steve and I work. <laughs> uh, there's lots of good stuff out there, but we can't make recommendations if we don't know what you like. Otherwise, we're just kind of shooting. Yeah. Which is fun, but, you know. Well, Steve, for this episode, being as I have as already assigned you, uh, we're coming up on the hour, assigned you something. Do you have something for me? You're really breaking up. I think you asked me if I had anything to assign you. Homework. Yes, homework. Oh, homework. Um, uh, I wasn't thinking we were going to do that so i don't have <laughs> anything so let's just say it let's we'll put it off because i haven't done mine and so we'll put this one off you get a you get a, a pass for for this time and then we'll recoup next time with your with mine because you did yours this time i'll do mine next time and then we'll we'll, we'll back we back up on pace yeah, fine because uh, I gotta go. I, I I had I told my wife I'd be ready at five. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Well, cool beans. Uh, any parting words, Mr. McDonald? Uh, repent and put your faith in Jesus Christ, your Savior and Lord. <laughs> All right, you heard it there. And until the next episode that uh, Dallas and Celeste can squeeze out of us, I'm John. And I'm for Steve, Steve, there you go. And <laughs> you've been listening to the Primitive Rhythm Machine. Uh, peace out. <laughs> <laughs>